0: Here's today. All right, happy Sunday, everyone! Hello, Victory Family. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Sarangay. All right, we'd like to greet everybody. We have a full house in the auditorium. Can we just give a lot of hand for that? By the way, just to clarify, okay, uh, when I say full house, it's about 120 people. Okay, for an auditorium of 1,200. And so, uh, we'd like to welcome everybody here. Uh, And to to those who are watching also on YouTube and Facebook, thank you for joining us uh, today. Today happens to be the last Sunday of January, January 31st. Wow, that was fast. And uh, tomorrow we get to uh, start a brand new month. And before you know it, it's Christmas again. I'm excited for Christmas. Looking forward to that again. Okay, so uh, today we're finishing our five-week series on Awesome God. Everybody say Awesome God. God is an awesome God. How many of you felt the presence of God this, uh, you know, this time during worship? You know, when Pastor Bodhi, well, come on, give me a little bit of praise for that. You know, I believe that when Pastor Bodhi was praying for, you know, healing, I believe that God's really touching different people. Wherever you are, whether you are in your home or whether you're in the hospital or you have relatives in the hospital, I believe God is reaching out to you because we serve a God who's awesome. Amen. He's not someone who's limited by space or time, you know, so he can actually walk into different places. And so we're believing with you, believing for miracles uh, for, for those of you who are in need of miracles today. And as we finish this um, series, we hope that people will have a deeper appreciation and understanding of God's attributes, you know, given the different covenant names that we have, you know, studied so far. We, there's a lot of names of God, more than, like, hundreds but yet, we only get to study five names. And so, we studied the I Am, we studied Jehovah, we studied um, uh, El Roy, we studied Jireh last week, we studied Shalom. And today, we're going to be looking at El Shaddai. Now, how many of you have heard of the uh, name El Shaddai? It's a very familiar name, but what does that really mean for us? And so, you know, we saw that uh, in the in the previous weeks that we have uh, talked about his names, we saw that God is always actively involved in the affairs of people and that he's actually uh, wanting us to encounter him every single time. You know, God showed up with Moses. He showed up uh, in, in the burning bush. He showed up with Gideon, uh, you know, uh, at the threshing floor. He showed up uh, uh, to Abraham in, in the Mount uh, Moriah. He showed up to Hagar in the, in the, in the well and today we're going to be looking at another story, a story of Jacob on how, you know, God encountered him. And yet men had different reactions when, he, when they encountered God. You know, but one thing is for sure. You know, when we seek God, how many of you know that we will find him? When we seek God, when we desire to have an encounter with God, he will show up. You know, that's exactly the prayer of David in Psalm chapter uh, 17. He was asking the Lord, Lord, I call you and you will answer me. And I believe that, you know, this year, 2021, is a year of fresh encounters, a year wherein God will show himself fresh to us. You know, I remember when I got, after I got married to Shirley uh, 31 years ago, back in 1990. Wow, that's a long time ago. And, uh, you know, after I got married, I distinctly had an encounter with God. It was very clear. Yet this encounter was not a burning bush experience. I didn't have an angel appear to me at the threshing floor or on the mountain or, you know, at the well. It was an encounter with the God of the Bible. And as I was reading the Bible, I did not hear an audible voice. There was no writing on the wall, but there's a distinct, still, small voice that I kind of heard. And I, during that time, I was working as a um, branch manager. I was a management accountant as well. I was working in a marketing company as a branch manager. And then I heard this verse, you know, as I was reading the Bible, and God spoke to me. And God, you know, this particular verse popped out in 1 Kings chapter 17. We will not have a time to study that. But, you know, during that time, I was planning to be a... I was in business, I, I was uh, an accountant, and I wanted to pursue uh, law eventually. But yet when I, you know, that was my plan. I, I wanted to be a CPA lawyer. But yet when I encountered God through His Word, things changed. And, you know, I I am now a pastor. God called me full-time in the ministry. And it was a story of the widow in Zarephath. And you know, it was was as if I was listening. And I can actually vividly remember still how that encounter came about. And as I was seeking the Lord, as I was praying, God spoke to me in my heart. And I promise you this, when you encounter God, when you encounter God, your life will never be the same again. Amen. And how many of you are excited to have an encounter with God? Amen. Come on now. And this may not necessarily be going to full-time ministry because all of us have different callings. This may actually be, you know, it may not be a change in your direction in your career. It may actually just be a time of refreshing, a time of strengthening His call, maybe a time of healing, a time of restoration or whatever. And so that's exactly what we're going to be looking at right now from the Scripture. And if you have your Bibles, would you open with me to Genesis chapter 35? And we'll be reading from... The ESV version, Genesis chapter 35, we're reading from verse 9 to verse 11. And if you are with us here in the auditorium, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. I know that you just stood up for worship, but we want to give reverence to the Word of God as we read uh, His Word as He speaks to us today. And For those of you who are joining us from your homes, go ahead and open your physical Bible if you have. Uh, dust it off from your shelf. If you are normally using a digital Bible, that's also fine. Okay? Genesis chapter 35, verse 9 to 15. God appeared to Jacob again, and when he came from Padan Aram, and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel, and God said to him, I am God Almighty. And this is where we get the name of El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you. And I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. And Jacob set up an a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the name of the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. There's the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our time today. And as we study your scripture, as we study your word, I thank you that you will reveal yourself to us in a very special way. Thank you, Lord God, that you are indeed God Almighty, your El Shaddai. You are a God who's more than enough, a God who meets our needs, Lord God, even beyond what we ask or expect. And I thank you, Lord God, that you will fill our hearts today with gratitude, knowing full well that we are your children, God, and you care for us. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to your church distinctly this morning. May we all have an encounter with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. you all be seated. Okay, just to give us a little background on Jacob. How many of you are familiar with Jacob? Okay, many of us are familiar with the story of Jacob. You know, Jacob is known to be a deceiver and he's known to be the son of Isaac. But who is he really? You know, Jacob's parents were Isaac and Rebekah. And he had a twin older brother named Esau. Okay, hindi Esau. Alam ko, familiar tayo sa Esau. ba? Esau. And God spoke to Rebecca before the birth of her twins in her womb, and He's and this is found in Genesis chapter twenty-five. And God basically is saying that two nations are in your womb: the older Esau will serve the younger. So here we see that God already had purposed, even from the womb of of uh, of the mom Rebecca, that uh, Dave, uh, David, that Esau will serve. Jacob that somehow Jacob will have a preeminence over his brother now as i said earlier Jacob's name means deceiver or cheater because you know when he came out he was you know grasping at the heel of uh, of his brother esau as if he would say me first me first you know you know from 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 the deliverer section and if you read your scripture as soon as Jacob appears you know, in the Bible, we find him manipulating his brother already, trying to get his birthright, because one day Esau, you know, came back from a hunting trip. He was famished, he was hungry, and you know, Jacob was a homebody. He's a like he's a chef. He knows how to cook and whip up the best dishes. And Esau wanted to have that arroz caldo dish. And Jacob said, "I'll give you this arroz caldo." If you give me your birthright, I mean who would give his birthright for a pot of porridge or whatever? A stew. But because Esau despised his birthright, Jacob got it. Jacob also deceived his father Esau when he was weak in his eyes, and he basically got the blessing that is supposed to be for Esau. So Isaac, he was deceiving Isaac. He took the blessing that's supposed to be for the older son, Esau. And he deceived that he was pretending he was Esau. Thus, he was called supplanter, or one who takes the place of another. And because of this, he had to run away from Esau because Esau was so angry at Jacob, and he wanted to kill him. And as he was running from Esau, Jacob had an encounter with God. An encounter when he saw a ladder, and you would find this in the Bible, Genesis chapter. Uh, 32, I believe. And it was the first time that he saw a, like this is the original stairway to heaven. And he saw a stairway from earth to heaven and there were angels going up and down that stairway. And he called that place uh, Bethel. And this is where we see the name Bethel. It was formerly called Luz. But now he renamed that place Bethel or Beth-el, which means the house of God. He made a promise to God that, you know, when God blesses him, he was not as blessed then. But he made a promise, Lord, when you bless me, I promise that I will give a tenth of everything that I have. And he did that. Then he went on and ran away to his relative Laban. And eventually he married two of Laban's daughters Leah and Rachel. That's a long story. We're not going to get into that. okay? But yet, Jacob prospered in that land. But Laban, his uncle, tricked him several times. And guess what he did? He also tricked his uncle. So, naglokohan sila ron. Because that's the very nature of Jacob. Somehow, this is something that God wanted to transform in him. And eventually, Jacob wanted to run away from Laban and bring everything back with him into the land that God had called him to be in anyway. But Jacob was afraid of Esau because he was about to face his brother. After a long time, he feared for his life and he feared for his family. And, you know, I would imagine if I was Jacob as well and I stole the birthright and the blessing from my brother after a long time, he may want to kill me. You know, after all these years. But yet in Genesis chapter 32, we find Jacob wrestling with God until daybreak and God touched the hip of his socket, the socket of his hip, and crippled him. You know, at first he didn't want to let go of God until God, until he said, until you bless me. But yet when Jacob became dependent on God, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And this verse that we have read earlier is only a reminder of God of that account. We read in Genesis chapter 35, your name will no longer be Israel, but your name will be Jacob. But that encounter happened in Genesis chapter 32 when there was a wrestling match. Because Israel means you've struggled with God and with men and you have prevailed. But you know, as I was looking at this particular story. I said, how did Jacob prevail over God? Etalung nga he actually, how many of you know that Jacob actually lost that wrestling match with God? Because he ended up with a limp. He was pinned down to the ground. You know, Jacob lost the fight against God, but then he really won. Because when we lose the fight against our God, it means that we are surrendering our rights and absolute control over our life. And guess what? With that attitude, we win. When we submit ourselves to God, we win. But when we decide to do it on our own terms, or our own, you know, I did it my way, then we lose. You know, this speaks of an ongoing struggle in our lives on who is going to be in charge. How many of you sometimes have a difficult time letting go? Ako lang You know, I want to be in control. I want to be in charge. I want to be, you know, I want to have a say about things. When we try to wrestle and do it our way instead of God's way, then guess what? We're losing. But when we let go, and when we let God take charge, then we're actually winning. Amen. And how many of us today, as we have gone through the first month of 2021, there are things in our life that we need to let go. We've tried to hang on to it. We've tried to take control. we tried to take take charge of that in 2020, but we realize that we can't really take charge of things. There are some things that are out of our control. Amen. But how many of you know that all things are under God's control? And we serve a God who loves us and a God who cares for us, the God who is El Shaddai, the Almighty God, and a God who can provide, a God who can actually move mountains and split the Red Sea, and provide for His people, and care for them. You know, in our Christian life, I realize that it's not really the devil, although I know that the devil is our adversary, but it's not really the devil that we regularly wrestle with, but it's really God. We wrestle with God every day. We wrestle with God and, you know, we want to say, God, I want to be in charge. No, I am in charge. No, I want to be in charge. No, I am in charge. No, I want to be in charge. I mean, who's in charge? Who is in control? When Jacob finally said, I give up, but I don't want to let you go until you bless me. Then he won. Because he realized that he can't be in charge all the time. He can't be deceiving people all the time. He can't be doing his own way or own things all the time. Are we in control of our life? Or is God in control of our life? Now back to Genesis chapter 35, there are two things that stand out in the first verse. I mean, if you read the first verse of Genesis chapter 35, we did read it earlier. But it says in verse 1, God said to Jacob, Arise, everybody say arise. For those of you who are still in bed, arise. Arise! Go up to Bethel and dwell there. And make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. And God was reminding him, you shouldn't be here. You should be back there. This is not your promised land. There is your promised land. And God reminded Jacob, That Beth-el, where you met God, that's where you ought to be. And God instructed him, make an altar. What's the altar for? An altar is for sacrifice. An altar is for worship. And I believe that God wants us to make an altar. Not a literal, you know, altar. But an altar wherever you are. As a place of sacrifice. As a place of worship. And God gave Jacob four instructions in this verse. He said, arise. He said, go up to. He said, dwell. He said, build. We're not going to go in detail there. But Jacob was running away for a long time from God's plan, and he was just redirected back to it. And God called Jacob again. My question for us today is, do we hear God's calling in our life today? Three things we see in the passage very quickly. Number one is, when God calls and we obey, He blesses. When God calls and we obey, He blesses. In verse 9, it says, And God appeared to Jacob again. Everybody say, again. I mean, how many times will God have to appear to Jacob to remind him that this is my plan for you, my son? And you know what, this word again is just a proof that God is a merciful God, a God of second chances, amen, that God does not give up on us. He spoke to him. This is the fourth time that God met with Jacob. And yet God does not want to give up on Jacob. God appeared to Jacob again. And how many of you are grateful that God wants to appear before us again and again and again and again and again and again? again? You know, when we open up our Bibles in the morning, when we read the Word, and when we study our, the, the Bible, and we spend time with God, and when we hear the voice of God, guess what? God is there. God appears before us again. I opened the Word this morning, and guess what? God appeared before me again. Not literally as in the visible appearance, but His presence was there again. He's always with us. Then he came from Padan alam, and then he blessed him. And here we see that, you know, when God finally arrived to the place where God wants him to be in, Jacob immediately found great blessing. Because he was in the wrong place, but yet when he finally said, okay, I'm going to go back to the place where you have called me, then the blessing of God came. And this God who appeared to Jacob, is called El Shaddai, God Almighty. You know, the name El Shaddai is actually a combination of God's attribute, of being the strong and powerful one, strong enough to help, and the sensitive one, sensitive enough to care. It's the same God that actually opened the Red Sea before the people of Israel. Strong, mighty. And the same God who actually cared for the people in the wilderness by providing manna and quail in the desert. He's sensitive enough to care by providing for their needs in the wilderness. You know, El Shaddai also means all sufficient. Everybody say all sufficient. If you're in your home, say, all sufficient, all sufficient. That's why many define His name as the God who is more than enough. He is the God who supplies, exceeds life's demands. What do you need in life today? Guess what? God can supply that. Do you need a miracle? Do you need provision? Do you need healing? Do you need restoration? Do you need... You know, healing from mental health. Do you need a breakthrough in your finance? Do you need a you know a new career? Do you need you know a, a restoration in your relationship? A better marriage, kids, that uh, you know, honor God. You know, God is more than enough. He's able to meet our demands and even go beyond our expectation. The apostle Paul describes God in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You're familiar with this verse now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, he's able to do this for us. First mention of this descriptive name of God can be found in Genesis chapter 17, wherein you know God appeared to Abraham and said, This time next year, he was 99 years old already, you're gonna have a son. How many of you know that it will take a God? Almighty to make that happen. 99 years old, next year you're going to have a son. El Shaddai. Nothing is too difficult for God. Amen. Come on now. Nothing is too difficult for God. It's El Shaddai. We need God Almighty to do that. But how about us? What is our situation now? Where's our need What do we want or what do we need El Shaddai to do for us or to intervene? There's no situation big enough that God cannot fix. You know, I believe that there's no need that's deep enough that God cannot provide. You know, one of of the most affected industries during this time of pandemic was the hospitality industry. Travel, hotels, and so on and so forth. And not many people are riding planes. How many of you have actually uh, rode, rode a plane in the past six months? You rode a plane. Uh, Yeah, this is normal. You know, that particular industry was very affected because of the pandemic. Not many people are going to the hotels or to the resort. There's a couple of Victory, a couple who are Victory members whose uh, business is actually a resort home, uh, not a resort home, but several resort homes in Calamba Laguna. And before the pandemic, many of their uh, clients were actually uh, businesses. You know they have company outings and so on and so forth, but because of the pandemic, you know there's not many companies who are doing that. And one day, I think it was last week, I drove my daughter Anna, because Anna's uh, their daughter is Anna's classmate uh, in school, and so I drove Anna to bring her gift to 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 their daughter and this couple basically went out and said, Pastor, you don't have to do this, but thank you so much for the gesture. And I basically asked so how, how's everything? How are you guys? And how's your business? And he said, Pastor, grab si Lord. How many of you can actually say, Pastor, grabisi Lord. You will not believe it, but we're almost fully booked every week in our resorts. And I think they have four or five homes. Different resorts in Calamba, Laguna. Because what they're saying is, we may not have different company outings, but we have a lot of family outings who are so tired of the lockdown and quarantine. And they want to get out of their house. And they have booked with us. And so on and so forth. We could hardly keep up with the demand. How many of you know, God is El Shaddai. He is more than enough. He can turn things around. Praise God. The one who provides more than we ask. Jacob initially tried doing this on his own, but eventually learned to surrender to God. Then God is the one who moved on his behalf. Amen. And I believe that today, as we, you know, look at our lives, there probably are some things that we need to surrender and we need to give to God. There are things that maybe we're trying to hide behind our back and say, I want to be in charge. I want to be in control. Guess what? God wants to be in charge 100% because He is Lord of all. Amen. Lord of all. Amen. Uh, in Genesis chapter 32, verse 10, it says, I am not worthy of at least of all the deeds of the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For, with you know, I only had my staff When I crossed this Jordan, and I now have two camps. I mean, that was Jacob. And he was actually recounting the fact that, Lord, I was nothing. When, When you called me, I had nothing. But now I had two camps. And I have a big family. And I have livestock. And God prospered him. You know, as we surrender to God, amen, God blesses us. Second thing is when God calls, He transforms. He changes us. In verse 10, it says, And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. You know, God just reminded Jacob of his new name because as I said earlier, it's already the second encounter with God. The first encounter was when, you know, he had a wrestling match with God, but now God is reminding him, Live your name. You're no longer Jacob. You are now Israel. I changed your name. Why is it that you're still living as a deceiver and as a supplanter and one who tries to control of your life? And after 20 years of running away from the land of Canaan, Jacob is finally on his way back home. However, there's one thing that he fears. The displeasure of his brother Esau, as I said earlier. and Jacob learns that Esau intends to meet him, and he was shocked with this. He was scared for his family. He was scared for his life. And fear strikes into his heart, and he cries out to God, and in answer of his prayer, God sends an angel to wrestle with him. But yet, as I said, when once Jacob was brought into a place of helplessness, his name was changed to Israel. And we see that Jacob is actually, you know, another name for uh, another meaning of the name Jacob is actually self sufficient. Yet when you talk about Israel, Israel is God dependent. That is the difference of the name of Jacob. Jacob means I want to do things on my own. But yet, Jacob, you know, Israel was now dependent on God. Israel means one wrestles with God and he prevailed. You know, God wanted him to set his mind on the new man that God created him to be. You know, when we got saved, when we got born again, how many of you know that God transformed us already into a new man? And God gave us a new name. Your name may still be Ariel. It may still be Bodhi, It may still be King. But yet, in the eyes of God, He gave you a new life, in a new identity, in a new name. And when God calls, He transforms. Amen. And I believe that God is in the business of transforming lives. As I said earlier, when you encounter God, you will never be the same again. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. You know, speaking of transformation, I just want to uh, remind everybody, we would like to invite you to Victory Weekend. This is a shameless plug, okay? Victory Weekend, uh, we'd like to invite you to a three-day online retreat happening on March 5, 6, and 7. It's a time to encounter God in a deeper way by laying special foundations and getting, you know, released from bondages. And I believe that it's a time for us to encounter God and God will actually make himself uh, you know, known to us. And uh, we can actually walk free from any bondage. And it's a time for us to proclaim that we are followers of Christ through baptism. And so we want to journey with you. For those of you who would like to go through Victory Weekend, uh, go ahead and visit connect. When we have an encounter with God, we are transformed. Amen. And, you know, Jacob wrestled with God. He had a limp because his hip socket was disconnected. You know, sometimes, you know, in order to overcome our self-centeredness, God does not only wrestle with us, God wants to cripple us a bit so that we will have a limp and so that we can actually depend on God and so that we will actually not have anything as a crutch, but let God be our crutch. That we will actually hold on to God and say, God, I need you. I need you to support me. Do you have a limp? Is your walk different from the time that you encounter God? Do you have a limp? When you have a limp, people will notice that. Because the key to spiritual power does not lie in our strength, but in our weakness. And sometimes we think that we ought to be strong, but the Bible says we ought to be first weak. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest in me. For when I am weak, I am strong. It's a totally different world. It's the paradox of the kingdom. When we think that we are not in charge, then that's good because God is in charge. When we think that we are losing, that's good because then we are winning. We don't have to strive anymore like Jacob. He will work and move on our behalf. You know one particular story, and I asked for permission, and I'm not going to mention his name. A story of an encounter with God, a story of transformation. Transformation. You know, there's a member of our church, one of our faithful volunteers, and his desire was, before he met God, his desire was to be accepted by his colleagues and his friends. And so he lived a lifestyle of, you know, just being out there with them, drinking, and even taking some drugs. But yet one night, one of his friends was, he died. The the friend died, and he was accused of murder, like several of them was accused of murder. And this was a case and the police was, you know, after him. And this was actually found in social media years ago. It was during that time he actually had a God encounter. He was innocent. He was saying, and I had to sit down with him. I remembered, you know, we were sitting here. And I was asking him straight, did you really not kill that person? And he said, he said, Pastor, hindi. And I said, then you're innocent. Then let's pray. And your innocence will be the one that will vindicate you. So I prayed that encounter with God. Guess what? You know, God turned things around for him. Eventually, he was acquitted from this case. He was single then. Now he has a wonderful family and now he has a thriving business. Amen. Because the El Shaddai showed up and transformed his life. Amen. That's a wonderful story. All we need to do is to surrender. Last point is this when God calls us, He fulfills His promise multi generationally. In verse 11, it says, And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, a company of nations shall come upon you, and kings shall come from your body. And the land I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. You know, God granted Jacob a precious reminder of his place in God's covenant, which really began with his grandfather, Abraham. And, you know, in this, Jacob did not need to hear anything new from God. In fact, this promise that God was sharing to Jacob was just a reminder of exactly the same covenant promise that he spoke to Abraham and his father, Isaac. You know, God's promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, he said, Look at the heavens and number the stars. If you are able to number them, so shall your offspring be. That's in Genesis 20, uh, 15. To Isaac, he said the same thing in Genesis chapter 26. And he said to Isaac, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and give to your offspring, all these lands, and in your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Same promise from Abraham to Isaac and now to Jacob. There is a multi-generational transfer of God's blessing. Amen. He is El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Hindi lang sakto-sakto, but sobra-sobra. Amen. That's the God that we serve. Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, talks about, He shows steadfast love to thousands of generations, to those who keep my commandments. He's El Shaddai. The God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. You know, I was thinking about this as I was studying this scripture. Why is he called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he was not called the God of Sarah, the God of Rebekah, and the God of Rachel? Have you ever wondered about that? And I don't know the reason why. But I believe that parents, especially fathers, are supposed to be the good stewards of the next generation after us. At the end of our life, I believe that God will take into account how we live. And if you are a father in this auditorium, and if you are a father watching from your home, guess what? God takes our responsibility as fathers very seriously. And we will pass down, you know, we're not passing down our profession from our generation to the next generation like, you know, I'm a pastor and my children will be pastors, and then their children's children will become pastor. Or if you're a doctor, your children will be doctor, and your children's children will be... A... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about passing down our faith in God to our children. We are the link to their generation. And my, my prayer is that don't be a weak link. Don't be a weak link. Let's be a strong link that will pass down our faith to the next generation. And as I end, I want to focus on this last few verses. It says in verse 14, And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone. He poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the name of the place where God had spoken with him, Beth El. Second time, he named the place. He reminded of himself, this is the house of God, a house of worship. And the outcome of the encounter with Jacob, with God, is worship. It's worship. And I hope that as we look at our lives, that our lives will be lives of worship unto the Lord. You know, Jacob performed sacrificial acts of worship to the God who has blessed him so much because I believe that worship is the appropriate response to the God who blesses us, who protects us, who cares for us, who loves us. Jacob's heart of worship showed his gratitude towards God. You know, when we look back on life, we should never have the attitude that says, I have been robbed. My future have been robbed. But yet may our hearts sing and say, My God has blessed me. We've gone through a lot. 2020 has been a difficult year. And as we are crossing to 2021, seems like it's still the same, but yet we know that God is in the business of blessing and transforming our situation, transforming our lives. What situation that needs to be changed in your life today? God can do that. He's El Shaddai. God will fulfill His promise to us. What's amazing is His name change did not end with Israel. You know, God did not stop there. And as I was studying this scripture in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 1 and 2, it says, But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb, and who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. You know, the name Jeshurun means upright one. Or blessed one. Jacob started off by being a deceiver, a supplanter, one who's a, you know, one who a trickster, one who would trick people, a swindler. But at the end of his life, God looked at him and said, "You are Jeshurun. You're the beloved one. You're the upright one. You're the righteous one." May our lives be summarized with that work in God. And I believe that God works in our life and He is not done yet. But whatever He started, He will put it into completion because He is the Almighty God, the One who is El Shaddai. and He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. My main point I want to share as we end is this. Almighty God is more than enough for anything we need. He is more than enough for anything that we need. Our El Shaddai is the most powerful God who is able to bless us by providing for us, transforming us, and even fulfilling His promises for us. What are you praying for today? Are you praying for a supernatural encounter with God? Are you praying for forgiveness? Are you praying for life change? Are you praying for healing? Are you praying for restoration? A new career maybe? Financial provision? Maybe for some singles to get married soon? A new house or schooling for your kids? Whatever that is. Our God is El Shaddai. He is more than enough. He will give to us in accordance to His wisdom so long as we are able to say, I'm not in charge. I let go. You are in control. And you fulfill your plan and your will for my life. Amen. Can we go to our place uh, today? And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram Feel free to share this message with your friends too For more information about our church Visit our website at